This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Gamble on, fellas. Gamble on. Welcome again to Gamble On, the weekly gambling podcast presented by usbets.com. I'm Eric Raskin, U.S. Bets Managing Editor and Media Director, and I'm joined by my co-host, U.S. Bets Senior Analyst, Jeff Edelstein. Now, I realize, Jeff, that Republican Party strategist is not one of the hats you wear, but you do often host a program on a conservative-leaning radio station in New Jersey, so I have to get your take on the movement this week on Predict It, for whom the GOP will nominate for president. Donald Trump, he of the recent criminal indictment, is surging. He was 50 cents a week ago. Now he's at 58. Ron DeSantis is tumbling 32 cents a week ago, now 26. Holding steady in third place at 7 cents is Nikki Haley. But we have a new entrant rising up the board. He was one penny a week ago. Now he's three cents and rising. It's Tucker Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, uh, we all laughed uh, just as you did there. We all laughed once upon a time at the presidential aspirations of Donald Trump. So do we have to start taking Tucker seriously or uh, are they all just going to end up losing in the end to Jared Menken anyway? Well, listen, uh, speaking as a card carrying uh, con head, um, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, listen, if you are on the uh, non like, well, I shouldn't say that. This is, we're trying to stay non-political here. If you are a Democrat, you have mm-hmm. to be more than pleased to see that this is the movement afoot. <laughs> yeah, please. please. Uh, I'm sure the Democrats are just, you know, shaking in their boots uh, the, the prospect of facing Tucker Carlson in a general election. Um, but I got news for you. Facing Donald Trump is, is, isn't going to be that much harder. I mean, really, if, if Trump wins the nomination, uh, I, I don't think. I mean, I don't know. It's a binary choice when it comes down to it, you know, right. when it comes down to these presidential elections. And the the Trump brand has not exactly uh, been running roughshod the last three cycles. I don't right. expect it to do it in the fourth. I mean, I don't know. If, I, if you're a Republican of a more uh, traditional nature, let's say, you cannot be at all happy with what's happening right now. I mean, my God, you know. Yeah. It's it's not great. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if you are a traditional Republican is – Nikki Haley, kind of the most appealing of these uh, choices. You know, I think I think of these choices probably, but I think if you're a traditional Republican, the most appealing choice who he has not decided to run yet, it was former Gamble on uh, podcast uh, yes. guest Chris Christie. Yeah, he's the only one out there who's willing to take on Trump. Say what you will about Chris Christie, he tells you where he's standing. He's not pulling any punches. He right now clearly is he, he he's he, he is anti-Trump as you can right. be in the Republican Party. He, I expect him to, to to throw his hat in the ring, uh, and you know Christie has been counted for dead uh, too many times to count politically, and he's still here. So I, I, I if you know, I'll I'll, I'll take you know, uh, big odds on Chris Christie getting the nomination. Why right. not? 
So the, the biggest actual news that I take from these numbers is that DeSantis probably isn't going to be there in the end. He, it seems like he right. peaked way too early. He seems generally disliked by both Trump haters and Trump lovers. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly, I think it's more likely Tucker Carlson is the nominee than, than DeSantis. Um, but uh, it should go without saying, uh, you know, I, I like you fellow conhead i'd vote for conor roy over any of them give yeah. me give me an unqualified buffoon with a heart over any of these people a hundred percent yeah i mean and carlson and DeSantis. i don't know what it is about both their faces but they they have to be <laughs> the top one percent of most punchable mugs in america right uh, agree uh, ab- absolutely boy that's uh, predicted should have a market on just the the punchability ratings of, of all these candidates yeah, uh, yeah. That, you, you want you want my big prediction though jeff Here's sure. my prediction. Yeah. 2024 is going to suck. Remember, oh, remember yeah. how 2020 okay. felt like the absolute worst year ever, and even before yeah. the pandemic hit. So I, if 2024 is going to be a hellscape. So I, I guess what I'm saying is let's enjoy 2023. Let's appreciate the beauty of a non-election year. Here's my prediction, though. Okay. My prediction is the polls are going to tell a much different story if it's a Trump-Biden rematch. You know, the, oh, they were real close, the polls, last time in 2020. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be close this time around. It's going to show – I think the polls are going to show a very, very heavy, you know, like electoral map victory for Biden. One would think into- so. There's still a lot of time for, like, something crazy to change in the way that right. the public views things, I guess. We're so far out. But, yes, based on – as you said, based on the last three election cycles, it doesn't seem like attaching well, yourself to Donald Trump is the way to uh, – hey, the path to victory. Speaking very objectively, he has lost a lot of people. He hasn't gained anybody. Right. Nobody's yes. all of a sudden on Trump's side now. But right. he's lost He's lost a ton. And, a ton and the party people. has – dug in on issues yes. that are like 38% popular uh, right. at best. So, um, all right. That, I, that, that. We're, there we we're, go. Clearly, we're very politically unbiased. You know what? I'll throw this in there. Uh, Don Lemon got fired by CNN this week. He See did. how fair and balanced yeah. we are by mentioning <laughs> <Yes>. that? <laughs> All right. Uh, Thank you to everyone for joining us for episode number 239 of Gamble On, the podcast that tells no lies and has never cost its parent company a $787 million settlement. If you missed any of our previous 238 episodes, they're all available on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast apps. Please give us a five-star rating. Help us poll above 1%. Keep us in the conversation. All right. Listen, coming up a little later in the show, listen, if Connor Roy is one of my favorite Connors. Connor Allen, I think, is my favorite. <laughs> he's over. He's from four for four. And uh, I, there's no one else I like talking about the NFL draft with, which is tonight, than, than with Connor Allen. He really knows his stuff. But uh, before we get there, tons of big news to break down this week. Here's your Gamble On News of the Week, an inside look at the biggest stories in the world of gambling. There's no question what the top story of the week is. The NFL's announcement Friday that five players had been suspended for violating the league's gambling policy, bringing the total to seven NFL players, uh, plus a wide receivers coach, suspended for gambling post-PASPA. Four of the five players suspended were on the Detroit Lions. Wide receiver Quintez Cephas and safety C.J. Moore got the Calvin Ridley treatment, an indefinite suspension for a minimum of one year for allegedly betting on NFL games. Receivers Jamison Williams and Stanley Berryhill each got six-game suspensions for betting on other sports leagues while on official team grounds. Also, Washington Commanders defensive lineman Shaka Tony got the one-year-or-more suspension for betting on NFL games. There's a lot we can dig into here, but I guess the two main things I want to ask you, Jeff, are these. 
are you freaking kidding me with this policy that you can't place a bet on something non-NFL related if you're in a team facility? And how in the hell are players still betting on NFL games after seeing what happened to Ridley? Yeah, as I as I wrote for Sports Handle uh, last week, this is a, a classic Caddyshack-esque double turds situation. <laughs> uh, this is, I mean, you're, yes, the, it's so 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 inane the 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 arcane and ridiculous rules uh, that the NFL has put in place that allows Jamison Williams, you know, to bet on you know Ukrainian Russian ping pong matches mm-hmm. as long as he's doing it not inside of a team facility or on a team bus or at the team hotel. It's so, so, so silly because as I wrote, he could be in an opium den, you know, doing God knows what, but that's fine. He can place a bet there, but he can't place a bet, you know, Ryan, the Greyhound to, you know, to the, uh, to the team practice facility. That's dumb. This needs to change. You know, they, it it goes also, you know, with the uh, Jets receivers coach, Miles Austin, who uh, was one of my favorite fantasy football players of all time when he came out of nowhere. But, uh, you know, he he basically lost his job for betting. You know, if you're personnel, you're not allowed to, to, to bet, period, on any sport. It's so stupid. NFL needs to really rip this up and, and do better than this because you're 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 really ruining people's livelihoods for for no good reason, for yeah. no good reason. Right now, on the second point, how are players still betting on NFL games? I, I, I'm going way on the opposite route at this point after seeing Ridley. Right. And Ridley, it's not like if you're an NFL player, I mean, Ridley's a top, you know, you know, Calvin Ridley. Yeah. If you bet on NFL games, I, I don't need this one year or indefinite suspension. I, you're done. Goodbye. We don't want you anymore. I, you do that. I guarantee you nobody's going to bet on NFL games again. You know, you're not going to risk your livelihood completely to lose, you know, to lose everything to bet on an NFL game if you're an NFL player. Yeah, that's that's an an interesting take. I didn't I didn't know if it was possible to quite hot takeify that side of things, but you you took it to such an extreme that uh, that I, I kind of like that. I'm not sure I agree with it, but I like I like the idea of uh, going way over the top to discourage anyone from doing it again. Um, on, on the betting on teams team grounds rule, I, I will join the obvious take parade here and just say that that that's just such a completely ridiculous rule now yes the players should know the rules and i as long as that rule does exist i guess it's correct to punish them for violating it to some small degree but come on nflpa you know step up here and and fight back against this rule and here's a thought experiment that occurred to me what do you think would have happened if the league had found out patrick mahomes placed a bet on an nba game while on a team bus is mahomes getting a six game suspension for breaking a rule that shouldn't exist in the first place or do they just immediately scrub the rule uh once once that happens i don't know something to ponder there but yeah the the players betting on nfl games um i I guess self-sabotage is a real thing there there are people who consciously or unconsciously don't want to succeed or don't want the pressure that comes along with getting to a certain level and they sabotage themselves. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a mind reader. Maybe there wasn't any of that going on here. Maybe these are just immature 23 year old dudes thinking I won't get caught and, and right. making bad decisions. But yeah, either way, there's absolutely no excuse at this point. If you are a pro athlete in the U S and you bet on your sport in any capacity, you deserve whatever punishment you get. Cause ignorance is no longer an excuse. No, Absolutely not. Uh, I, it occurs to me that we're actually, you, you know, you mentioned how everyone knows who Calvin Ridley is. He's high profile enough that, that they should have known at this point. But we are now dealing with an entire generation of athletes who, 
it's possible. I have no idea who Pete Rose is or, or what he did or that he's banned from yeah, baseball no, or why he's banned from baseball. But but again, yeah, at this point, Calvin Ridley, they, they all know who he is and what he did. Right. No, this is it's it, it's inexcusable at this point. If you're if you're a professional athlete betting on your own sport. Yeah, I, I don't want to totally derail things here, but I just want to get in. Uh, I find Caddyshack to be like the most overrated movie of the 80s. I don't know if that's going to cause a rift between us, but I'm not a fan of Caddyshack at all. I, I mean, it's not going to cause a rift, but you're, you're I mean, you have obviously, you know, like, is, is did something happen to you as a child? I mean, <laughs> I'll tell you what happened to me is I didn't see Caddyshack in the 80s or even the 90s. I saw it as a full grown adult 20 something years later and was like. No, this movie's terrible. You you have to have seen it in the moment, I guess. To think I don't it's know. Good. I di- I disagree. I mean, it's not a quote good movie, but it's a hilarious movie. Like yeah. it's it's few good lines, few good lines. All right, I can't. I'm <laughs> see, it's causing a rift. <laughs> we'll move on. Um, our second story yes. this week. <laughs> Our second story this week is about an acquisition. Uh, the betting operator acquired. I mean, it's part of the it's part of the Chevy Chase trio of you know Fletch. Caddy, oh, Caddy, oh, you don't want to know. You don't want to know what I think of Fletch. <laughs> Fletch is really bad. It does not hold up at all. Uh, all right, just you, you I do like on. I do like Vacation. All right, let's let. Should we just go with that common ground and move on? Please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I've really uh, pushed your buttons here. All right. So as I was saying, uh, our second story this week is about an acquisition and and the betting operator acquired is no big deal. Wager, W-A-G-R, a a peer-to-peer exchange wagering app that was briefly available in Tennessee and nowhere else uh, is the company that got acquired. But it's the company doing the acquiring that makes this a major news story. That would be Yahoo, which has a fantasy sports operation. Uh, but had not yet entered the sports betting space. A wager was considered a, quote, social sports betting operator. So this may make sense for Yahoo as a way to get into sports betting while not quite becoming a traditional bookmaker, but rather letting customers bet head-to-head against each other while Yahoo slash wager takes a cut. Jeff, with the reach of Yahoo, is wager about to become a major part of the sports betting conversation? And any other thoughts on this acquisition or on the business model of start a small sports betting app, struggle to find footing, but hope to get acquired? I, you know, what's interesting, the you know, terms of the deal were not disclosed. So I'm guessing uh, Yahoo just put this on the Underhill tab. <laughs> I get the reference. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I I'm not... You know, wager obviously never took off. Uh, peer-to-peer betting hasn't taken off ever. I'm yeah. going to say, you know, like I, I'm, I, the idea of uh, a couple people betting head to, you know, I don't know. I, it, it, I'm not thrilled with the, the the notion of that either. And then on top of it, you know, this isn't 1999. Like Yahoo obviously carries weight, but like, does it? Uh, you know, to to to. It seems like so many correct things have to happen here for this to blossom into anything. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe Yahoo has bigger plans. I saw the EGR uh, line or EKG rather. Yeah. Uh, they were talking about how they might be, you know, looking to really break into the sports betting business. But I don't know. I, I, anyone really looking to break into the sports betting business, you know, I, I I don't know. I think you might. You, you, we'll see how fanatics does, but you might be late to the game. You know what I mean? That's that's my overall concern there. Yeah, I, I had a lot of the same reaction to this. That it seems big for a moment. Whoa, Yahoo getting into sports betting, and then you sort of pull back and you look at it more carefully. And uh, yeah, certainly the the wager name 
brings no value to the table. Um, as you said, the terms weren't disclosed, but uh, it seems unlikely that the wager founders really cashed in big with this sale. Um, and the peer-to-peer thing, you know, a lot of people already do peer-to-peer bets on their own. I, you know, I right. bet you 20 bucks that the Phillies are going to beat the Mets, and uh, when you invariably lose that bet, uh, you send me 20 bucks on PayPal, and we don't have to pay a rake. This is more organized, you know, and gives users a chance to find takers from anywhere in their state and get more action. But yeah, it just feels like there's a limit on how big a peer-to-peer app can get, even with the Yahoo brand behind it, which you correctly point out that name doesn't mean quite as much as it may have in, in 1999. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I read that same uh, EKG thing that, that you just saw that uh, clearly this is just the first step for Yahoo and the parent right. company Apollo was rumored to be looking into acquiring Rush Street Interactive and replacing the Bet Rivers brand with Yahoo Sportsbook. So I have to assume there will eventually be a Yahoo Sportsbook, but I'm, I'm with you that I think Yahoo, Fanatics, all of them, I I would I would fade the likelihood of, of any of them becoming cracking that top three. That it that it's probably too late uh, for yeah. anyone to compete with with the top three brands, and you're just wondering if the Yahoo name can carry you into that next tier, the barstool tier, basically. Right. I mean, let's not like count out Ask Jeeves. <laughs> wow, going way back. Yeah, a little Alta Vista. Excite right. the MySpace Sportsbook dot com. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. All right. Uh, Our third story this week concerns the one state where Wager has taken bets, uh, Tennessee. We've discussed this previously as a possibility, but now it's happening. The Tennessee legislature on Friday passed a bill to shift from a 20% tax on sports betting adjusted gross revenue to a 1.85% tax on an operator's handle. The state's uh, unusual rule requiring 10% hold is now gone. It's just this tax on handle, which is the first of its kind nationally. Also, the new bill removes the state's mandate for sportsbooks to pay for official league data. But the big focus is on taxing handle. This is theoretically designed to produce more revenue for the state, but our colleague Chris Altruda crunched some numbers and found that over the past fiscal year, a 1.85% handle tax would have produced less tax revenue for Tennessee. This is an unusual setup. Uh, Tennessee has insisted from the start on doing things differently, but I think I like this more than anything involving the 10% hold rule, at least. Uh, What do you think, Jeff? Is this a sensible step for Tennessee to take? And if it works, will we see other states taxing handle instead of revenue? I mean, it's it seems silly on the surface because, like, you know, it would be like, like, let's say you're going to tax, you know, this is like obviously you tax the Gap or whatever, like on their sales, mm-hmm. right? Right. But the Gap knows what they're selling. Like, if you buy, you know, if they pays if it costs them ten bucks for a pair of jeans and they sell it at twenty and they're going to get taxed on it, they're fine because they know that they have the money to cover it. Here, obviously, if betters have a good month, the sports books are in a little bit of trouble here. They're, they're not only they lost money, but now they got to pay tax on the handle, which right. You know, so it, it seems bad on that level. It seems interesting in that if they are having a bad month, though, 
it would almost seem good for the betters. You would think that then they would have to kind of double down a little bit and offer like some better odds maybe to entice betters to put some money down in hopes that they can in hopes, you know, in hopes that the betters lose basically. Although then but, you're just increasing your handle that gets taxed. Yeah, but hopefully but, but yeah, well, that's a good point. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you're right. Yeah. What do you do if you're a sports book that, well, that, let's play this out. If you're, uh-huh. if you're so hundred dollars, let's say mm-hmm. you have a hundred dollars handle this month, but you've lost 110 the betters mm-hmm. are having a good month and you have two weeks left in the month. Do you lower the odds and try to entice betters to make your money back before you have to pay off the tax? Or do you go the other way and say, oh, man, we're already down this much. Let's just put out minus one twenties everywhere and get no action. Yeah, I think uh, that's I hadn't thought about whether they might actually try to make it harder for the betters in that circumstance. I mean, I guess the the real answer is that the sports books have to think sort of long term and not worry about uh, a losing month here or there. If they view it more as like, let's not have a losing year, then we're really screwed. Um, I don't know. I mean, at the very least, I find this all an interesting experiment. It's not my money. I'm kind of intrigued to see what happens and I'm glad that one state is trying it. I want to see how it goes. I think it's it's less onerous for the sports books in Tennessee than the current setup in that, you know, they don't have to come up with funky ways to hit a right. 10% hold. Um, you know, they'll they'll still be profitable in a month where they end up with a, a 5% hold or whatever, but I hadn't really thought about that. What do they do in a month where they're actually losing money? Um I mean, what it, they should do, they yeah. should like they should immediately offer like ridiculous odds for the Titans to win the Super Bowl, knowing full well that the Titans aren't going to win the Super Bowl. Mm. But if everyone's going to offer plus five thousand, offer plus fifty thousand, and just collect, you know, well, you're going to collect dollars, I guess. Forget right. it. Bad idea. <laughs> we try. Yeah, it's well, it's kind of weird. And so the thing, I guess, is you know the handle is whatever you're taking in that month. The hold with the futures bet, you find out later how you did hold wise. Um, right. it, it, the, the, all the calculations are, are going to be very different. Um, if this does end up generating more tax money for Tennessee and not causing any major problems, which uh, as you and I have talked it out so far, it seems like it could cause some unexpected problems. But if it doesn't, I would imagine some other states will try it. Um, but uh, you know, only those with modest current tax rates can do it. Like New York can't go from 51% no, of revenue no, no. to taxing it. They'd have to tax handle at like 10% or something to make the same amount of money. That ain't happening. Um, this, it, I don't know. It's making my brain hurt. You know, this is probably, <laughs> we, you know, we should leave this to people a lot smarter than us, like Dr. Rosen Rosen or Dr. Rosen penis. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll let you get the last word with a, with a, with a Fletch joke there, <laughs> even though I still say uh, the whole Chevy chase run in the eighties, pretty much overrated. Sorry. Yeah. You're wrong. It's time to welcome a special guest from the world of gambling. Let's get to the Gamble On interview. As you listen to this interview, it is the day of the 2023 NFL Draft. As we record this interview, it is Wednesday afternoon, a little over 24 hours before the start of the draft. So it's possible everything we discuss here will be rendered moot by a single random Reddit post. But that said, joining us now to give his insights into how the draft may go and where he sees potential edges wagering on it is a sports betting and fantasy expert for 4 for 4 and one of the hosts of the Move the Line podcast, Connor Allen. Connor, welcome to Gamble On. 
Guys, appreciate you having me. Uh, no better time to come on a podcast to talk football. I mean, the NFL draft is one of the best times of year to make money. This year has been a little bit tough with the markets coming out slower, but I think there's still plenty of meat left on the bone there to you know, make some extra coin. All right. Well, whatever meat there is on the bone, we're going to try and uh, uh, pry it off with our teeth uh, over the course of this interview. Let, let's start with the topic on everyone's mind the number one pick and these quarterbacks at the top of the draft. Now, prior to the Reddit post that suggested Will Levis would go number one to Carolina, Bryce Young was nearly a sure thing, according to the odds. Um, but, you know, then again, we saw it with the the incorrect Woj bomb during the last NBA draft. We saw it with Mac Jones versus Trey Lance. We saw it with the Baker Mayfield draft. The wins can change or the reports can be wrong. So what is your percent confidence as we record this that young will go first and is there any value still to be found betting on it? Yeah. I mean, I would say 99% Bryce young at this point. Uh, you know, I, you mentioned a lot of great scenarios there and in those scenarios though, there was one key piece and that was that I had Intel or there was information that it potentially could be otherwise in this spot. It's just the Reddit post. Uh, and you know, otherwise there isn't really any other info that we've heard from anyone really that's saying that it's not Bryce young at this point. Uh, now, obviously a month ago, you could have made a different case. Uh, but at this point, yeah, it's like for me, I mean, I added more during the whole Reddit fiasco where, you know, a user claimed that Will Levis was going number one. I added some more Bryce young at minus 500 minus 800, you know, like I know, I know most people don't normally like laying that juice, but you know, when it should be minus like, you know, 3000 or minus 4000, you know, I, I guess there's some hypothetical value there. Yeah. Yeah. If it's uh, if, if you think he's 99 percent, uh, you may as well bet that. Um, where, where do you stand on over under four and a half quarterbacks in the first round? Cause it, it opened at plus 550 on the over, but it's moved all the way to, I think, minus 200 now on, on the over. Do you have a strong leaning on basically whether Hendon Hooker goes in the first 31 picks? Yeah, at this point. Uh, I think it's tough to ignore the constant drumbeat that we've heard from people, you know, in the media and everyone saying that Henry Hooker is essentially a lock to be a first round pick. I'm still skeptical. I mean, 25 years old, coming off torn ACL, playing in his college system where half the guys in the field aren't even running routes half the time. I mean, th those things are a little bit concerning. But, you know, again, when you have a guy that NFL teams like and seem to be interested in, uh, there are a couple of fits down the board with whether it be, you know, Washington, Tampa Bay, Minnesota. Uh, Seattle at 20, I think it's still in play. They don't take a quarterback at five. Uh, you know, like all those teams, I think are still in play. Cause you look at this quarterback group in the NFL, like it's barren. I mean, there are some horrible teams with horrible quarterbacks starting right now. So a guy like Ken Hooker almost won the Heisman. I mean, given all the other concerns, I'm skeptical, but it wouldn't be the craziest thing that's been happening in the NFL. Connor, you know, I, I love betting the draft. And I, I mean, once the markets opened up, you know, six months ago, I put my money down on Will Levy's going number one, though that's dead. But, you know, I, it's it's all right. But, uh, you know, the one thing that I've noticed this year differently, I think it's a combination. I just want your take on it. How much of this – it's been more difficult, I think, this year in general. And I and I think it's some combination of the sports books wising up a little bit and, and being a little hesitant to put the markets out there, as you mentioned at the top – but also this draft in particular just seems really, really, really hard to pin down. I mean, I, I by by this point in the in the in the cycle, I'm pretty confident in a lot of things. I'm not confident in virtually anything heading into tomorrow night right now. Yeah, at this point last year, I knew Trayvon was going to be the first pick. I was still kind of dabbling with the second between uh, you know Thibodeau and uh, Aiden Hutchinson, and you know, kind of had a decent idea of some of the other picks there. 
with where we're at with one right now, we know that's happening, but two, and I think it's a little bit predictable almost after what we saw out of Houston last year, everyone not named Lance Zierlein had them projected for Iki Aquanu or Evan Neal or, you know, someone at three, and then they go ahead and take, uh, you know, Derek Stingley at three, and then they took uh, Kenyon Green later on in the draft. So now we're at this point where no one knows the pick at number two and the third, the third overall pick in the pay in the Cardinals, sorry, want to trade out. So you have two instant variables that can change the entire draft board in a minute. The Cardinals trade out. It's going to be for quarterback. So that means their third quarterback in the top four. If the Texans take a quarterback, I mean, you can see four straight quarterbacks go in a row. So yes. like, like that, those two variables can switch it from two defenders in there and just two quarterbacks now four to four quarterbacks. And some of these defenders that are on the fringe of the top 10 get pushed down to like the low teens and mid teens. And so it's a massive domino effect that, uh, it's really hard to comprehend and bet on. I uh, yeah, it is. I I I I was looking at my laundry long laundry list of bets that I've made over the course of the last few months, and I'm just I'm just hoping a few of those long shots come in, which actually leads right into I know what Eric wants to ask you next. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me get your take on whether there are any long shot bets out there that at, still at this late stage that you that you're eyeing uh, on the eve of the draft. Is there is there a nice payout sitting out there at long odds that that's worth taking a stab on right now, Connor? Yeah, so there's three players that I think that, you know, as you or as a listener, anyone, you have to ask yourself a question of like whether they're going to slide. Because one of these guys is going to slide. Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson, or CJ Stroud. Uh, and and maybe even Anthony Richardson. But, you know, I still think that he's probably going to go to Indy if Will Levis goes to. But still, regardless, I think when you're looking at the odds here, I think that Tyree, Will Anderson, and CJ Stroud probably fall in that six, seven, eight range. You're looking at like 10 to six to one to 10 to one odds for all of those like spots there. Uh, now it just depends on what you believe. Like if Tyree Wilson sitting there at six, do they go with the lines go with him or do they go with Devin Witherspoon? who has been commonly mocked to. I tend to think that they would maybe lean Witherspoon, but I mean, Tyree has been, I mean, he's a dominant player. He's a lot of the traits that they desire. I think he'd be a great pairing as well. So like you can tell yourself that kind of story and like, there's plenty of those range of outcomes here where like betting on that six, seven, eight uh, pick outcome has been where I've had a lot of, you know, fun with some of these outcomes. I bet CJ Stroud there like 70 to one at six, like uh, a week ago wow. or so. And I mean, again, I don't know if the Lions take him. I mean, it could be a trade down situation, but 70 to one now, like I think it's like 10 to one. I think that's still fine. Actually. I think it's still possible. So what about that one I sent you yeah. yesterday, Connor? I, I the, uh, uh, Robinson to the Eagles and Hooker to the Vikings. So they've been both those guys have been mocked to those teams a lot. And at forty five to one, it's down to thirty two to one. So I got I got my plus EV. I'm very happy. Yeah, no, I think that's still fine. I think that's still an interesting look here because I mean it's further on the board. There's so much volatility that can happen, but at the same time, like we know that you know Bijan's been connected to the Eagles. We know that the Vikings. I heard multiple times, you know, throughout this whole process, oh the Vikings could be interested in a quarterback. You know, watch out. But, I, you know, my pushback was like, well, how are they going to get one? You know, like there's only four guys. <laughs> but then they're like, no, then it's like the last two weeks. I've been like, wait a minute. But there's actually this fifth guy, Hennon Hooker, who everyone's interested <laughs> in. So, yeah, like I, I think that it's very possible. I mean, 30 to one again, like you're ripping long shots. Like you need this to happen one out of every 30 times. I think it's more than possible at that point. It. It, is there anyone in any of those first fill in the blank position to be drafted. That's sort of a, a long shot that maybe has a chance. Sometimes teams get a little weird and like the guy who everyone views as the third best tight end could actually be the first tight end. Is is there anything like that that you have your eye on that it's not the obvious minus money favorite or, or close to even money favorite in, in one of those positional categories? 
Yeah, I think that the first wide receiver market is extremely volatile. I wouldn't I like JSN, you know, but my opinion doesn't really matter of him. The NFL seems to think that he's like a slot only, or some teams think that. And so Zay Flowers got a ton of buzz today. I know a big, or I guess at this point when we we're showing yesterday, got a ton of buzz from a syndicate. Uh, and like they pumped him uh, a bunch. And so like he, he, I think, could very easily be the first wide receiver. Daniel Jeremiah talked about him bringing first wide receiver. Quinn Johnston, I think, is a promise in like the mid twenties because his under got absolutely slammed today. And then, uh, you know, Jordan Addison is still like a top fifteen player on Daniel Jeremiah's board. And even though he didn't necessarily test super well, I think that he's like in play as well. So like any of the not JSN guys, I think you can make a viable case for. And I mean, I got nods are shifting like every hour. So you know, okay. six to one, eight to one, somewhere in that range. Pick your favorite out of that bunch and then go for it. Because I think that one of them, I think there's like a decent chance. I would say 50-50, actually, that Jackson Smith and Jigba is not the number one wide receiver. I just don't know which one it is. Right. You know, let's let's look to the future for people who haven't bet in these markets but are maybe looking to get into it next year. The one thing that I that I do, and it's worked so far, I, I'm not sure it's going to work this year, but it's worked so far, is that I tend to bet early and often, and I take plus money wherever I can get it with the hopes that it's going to flip, right? So I took the quarterbacks at plus 550. I bet it this morning and the under at plus 200. So I'm just, you know, I'm locking in my money. Are you looking to do that more often than not? Or are you looking just to be right once? Well, so I, I do both. So it's like my early on in the process is to take as many shots on like variants and like, you know, volatile situations like you mentioned. So I guess for a good example is taking CJ Stout 70 to one at six because, you know, we're hearing buzz. Oh, well, if he doesn't go two. You know, the Cardinals aren't picking a three. What if they don't trade down? Will Levis, he reportedly bombed, uh, you know, or CJ Stroud reportedly bombed his visit with the Colts there. So, like, they would, you know, apparently have Will Levis over him. So now we have all these factors. It's like, okay, well, if he doesn't go top four, where does he go? You know, like, you kind of think through those scenarios and think about, like, the upside case for one of these players. Um, and like you said, yeah, like, kind of locking in profit is a good idea. But then that being said, when we get closer, uh, you know, I'm willing to lay juice. You know, like, one of those things where – you know, you know, like the best bets I think in, in this game are the ones that are minus, you know, whatever, but should be minus infinity. Uh, and like, once you know, you know, and so that's kind of my, my motto with some of the stuff. And obviously I'll have plenty of credit or, you know, domestic books, you know, just if I have money left in there and if I'm willing to play it, then I'll just put it, you know, it doesn't matter. Minus 300, minus 400, whatever it is, whatever they'll give me, I'll take. Last question for you real quick. Do you think Eric and I, if we combined our S2 scores, we'd hit a hundred? <laughs> all i know is that you for sure couldn't score as bad as he did and i mean i love that too because he did all but confirm it uh by saying you know i'm not a test taker today or whatever like uh and then his like the other thing too is his like it was very clear that like bryce young has got leaked he's in a 98 right and everyone's like oh cj stroud score sucks cj stroud score sucks then it comes out it's 18 percent. just no no one refuted it no one said like otherwise no one said oh this is actually a score if his score was good they just would have leaked it they would have right. leaked the right. exact score <laughs> so we know it was dog shit maybe it wasn't 18 percent, but it was we know it was bad yep. My my S two score is tremendous. So if there's a GM out there who wants to take a chance on a 47 year old with mild scoliosis, I'm I'm ready for that call. Love it, uh, Connor. It's been great talking to you. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I'll note to all our listeners: you can follow him on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Good luck with all of your wagers. Uh, we'll know soon enough how you did. Appreciate it, Eric. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Connor. Two men, two men, ten thousand dollars. Will they run it up or blow it all? It's time to check in on the Gamble On bankroll. 
Let's update our betting bankroll, and I'll just start by saying you're welcome, Jeff, for, for me yeah. carrying the team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you are. I mean, I told, I've said, uh, by the way, I have no business placing fake bets during non-NFL season. <laughs> That's true. That's your excuse for a good solid seven months or so of the year as you get to lean on that. Um, so you, you had one straightforward bet that missed. Uh, Kings plus five and a half points in game three against the Warriors didn't work out. We lose to $110. Um, and meanwhile, the uh, two nothing series lead has turned into a three, two deficit. Same. And my Kings Sixers that? Celtics parlay isn't looking great. Um, speaking of parlays, your five-team USFL XFL money line parlay, it did what parlays do. <laughs> you went four <laughs> for five, and and who should let us down but the freaking Philadelphia Stars? Damn it, Fusina, be better. Um, so a hundred dollar loss there. Um, but lucky for us, I am a boxing betting savant, or at least I was last week. Uh, Javante Davis by KO at minus 140, won us $100. The Beck Rosado over four and a half rounds was easy money. That was just a ridiculous line. It went the distance. We won another $100. And the parlay of the two together won us $203. So we won $193 for the week. We're now down by $2,208. We also have 1880 on hold in futures bets. So that leaves us with... $5,912 available to bet with this week. But before we get into the new bets, a quick list of our existing NFL draft bets before you potentially add any more today. Uh, we have three Bijan Robinson bets to the Eagles at plus 1,000, to the Lions at plus 650, and to the Falcons at plus 1,200, risking $150 total on those. We have CJ Stroud going number one overall at plus 350 and plus 225, risking $300 total. We have Devin or Devon, I'm not sure, uh, Witherspoon to be the first cornerback drafted at plus 175 for $100. And we have under four and a half quarterbacks in the first round at minus 115 for $115. Uh, Jeff, how are you feeling about that collection of bets? I like the Bijan bets. I think mm -hmm. the Eagles and Falcons are definitely, definitely live to, to, to take Robinson. Stroud at number one, man, uh, that's, that's dead. That's dead, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah. But, I mean, I... That eh, shouldn't be. It's a shame. Uh, Witherspoon, I, I'm very confident in that he'll mm -hmm. be first one drafted. The under four and a half quarterbacks flip a coin. I, I'm going to hedge it a little bit in one of my bets here. But uh, I don't know. I, 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 I still have a hard – well, I don't have a hard time. The hooker thing, it's like I, I – you know, people are split on whether or not hookers go in first round or not. And so I don't know, flip a coin on that one. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think that I will make a little bit of money on these picks. I hope yeah, I need, I, mean, I need, we need Robinson to go. That's what I was going to say. Vehicles. It pretty much, it pretty much comes down to Bijan. If, if one of those hits, I think we come out ahead on these. And, and by the way, as an Eagles fan, I've talked myself into being happy if they take him at 10. I think, I think they should, yeah. but he might not be there, but I think, but they should if they, if 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 they get a whiff that the Falcons if they want him and they get a whiff the Falcons are going to take him they should trade up I mean the Eagles are you know the draft capital running backs we all know the story right. but when you're the Eagles and you're a dominant team to begin with right. adding a dominant piece anywhere and you need that's where you need the dominant piece right now yeah it's so. I like I, I I've I've accepted taking him at ten after initially being opposed to the idea of running back anywhere in the top twenty or whatever. But I'm not sure about trading up for like I think I think their top target is Jalen Carter, but they'll certainly have to trade up it seems in order to get him. I don't know. We'll see if if one of those two falls to them at ten. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't, I'll probably I'm not sure how I feel about it if they actually trade up to get uh, a running back from ten. But right. uh, I think I, I think he's going to the Falcons. If, if I'm officially and they, on, on... and they pick eight, is that right? Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Well, uh, for, from our fake money perspective, I, then I guess I'm happy either way as long as one of those two teams gets him. Uh, all right. Uh, it's time to make some bets, and I'm up first this week, and I will start with a long shot futures bet, sort of a short term futures bet. Uh, you'll recall our conversation recently, Jeff, about whether we could make bets at prices from earlier in the week. And yes. I said, as long as we lock it in privately in advance, that's fine. So I, I locked this one in Wednesday afternoon. It's LeBron James to be the NBA Finals MVP, a crazy high price at FanDuel of plus 2,700 Wednesday while he was plus 1,500 at DraftKings. Look, do I think the Lakers are winning the title? No. Uh, They're going to be an underdog in any series from here on out, I think. But, you know, only a small underdog. They're live in any series. And if they win the title, I think LeBron is much more likely than AD to be Finals MVP. Of course, the thing about locking it in on Wednesday is... If he had broken his leg Wednesday night, we'd be committed to it. Um, And if the odds got longer Thursday morning, too bad we have that Wednesday price. Interestingly, even though the Lakers lost game five Wednesday night, his odds didn't budge. Still plus 2,700. They moved a tiny bit at DraftKings from 15 to 1 to 17 to 1. But uh, at at FanDuel, 27 to 1. Either way, I still like the price a lot. I think this can win more than once every 28 times. So let's go $25 to win $675 on LeBron. All right, I like it. Uh, I'm going to do a little baseball parlay today. Okay. A uh, little small one. Two two teams, two money line favorites. Give me the Angels over the A's with Otani on the hill. Mm-hmm. And I like the Twins over the Royals, uh, plus 100 on the dot. It's it's poetic. So, just, you know, let's just go 100 bucks. Okay. Win 100. All right. You're staying in that mostly uh, safe and sensible range from last week. A little bit. Right. It's a parlay, but as, as parlays go... It's yeah. uh, it's 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 low. It's safe and sensible. But uh, OK, sounds like you have uh, some some more exciting stuff in the holster for your next. Oh, couple I bets. mean, a little bit. OK. All right. All right. Uh, we'll we'll get to that in a moment uh, for for my next bet. I'm doing an NBA SGP. Uh, there's just one game tonight. Celtics Hawks game six. A solid previous channel on the remote flip option with the NFL draft, I'd say. Uh, when you do an SGP. You want to try to combine legs that tell a consistent story, right? Sort of like building a a, a DFS lineup. Um, So here's my story for this game. Boston is done screwing around. They're going to finish off this series. And Jason Tatum, he's had a bad series by his standards. This is the spot for him to step up and deliver a big game. But regardless of all that, Trey Young is still going to get his. Uh, He'll shoot a lot. He'll score a lot. So here's the parlay. Celtics minus six and a half points. Tatum over 30 and a half points. Trey Young, uh, I'm not taking him over 28 and a half, which is his line, but rather uh, I'll pay a little more, do a minus money leg. He just needs 25 or more points. And then uh, Trey Young, three or more made three pointers. Those four combined, I priced it out at a few books, and the best was plus 707 at FanDuel. Uh, I won't quite bet the full $100 on this long shot. Instead, let's risk 70 to win 495 and uh, of course it's a, a slight emotional hedge for me since as a Sixers fan I'd love to see the Hawks win again and extend the series and give Embiid more time to rest his knee but uh, for the bankroll purposes uh, Celtics minus six and a half Tatum over 30 and a half Trey Young at least 25 and at least three made three pointers all right I like it uh, <laughs> I, I, well, no, the Trey Young, I, you know, it's smart with the Trey Young thing. I think, you know, that's that, that's good. I he, like can, that. he can uh, do well even if they get blown. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, I should have locked this one in when I first saw it, but I didn't. Now it's down to plus thirty two hundred. We talked about it on the pod, you know, in the interview with Connor. Right. The Hooker Robinson uh, parlay on FanDuel. Uh, her, her, Hooker to the Vikings. 
Robinson to the Eagles at plus 3,200, 50 bucks. Why not? But uh, I, I liked it better plus 4,500. I, I think Hooker to the Vikings makes a lot. Of, they, both Basically, as I said, both these guys have been mocked to these teams numerous times. So what the hell? Yeah, I, honestly, this is kind of fun. If we, if Robinson does land on the Eagles, we have a tremendous. I mean, I'm looking now. So plus 3,200 for 50 bucks. That's like. I mean, I know what that is. It's 1600 right. in profit, but I'm just saying that that's like, that gets us uh, not quite even, but pretty, cl- pretty close to it. If that hits know. plus we'll have, we'll have hit the the Robinson bet. Uh, so uh, yeah, we could, if this, if this one hits, our bankroll could be just about even uh, next week. It's all on the Eagles. Right. Starts with the Eagles and then, uh, and then we'll root for hooker to the Vikings. All yeah. right. Um, for my final bet this week, um, I'm experimenting with our monopoly money. Um, I- I'm testing, whether I can do better betting on the XFL with absolutely zero knowledge than you've done betting on the XFL while paying some attention. My bet is the uh, semifinal game between the Defenders and the Sea Dragons over 48 and a half points, $110 to win 100. I came up with this bet by closing my eyes and pointing at the odds board, uh, but I-, I like it in that I mean, the league has to want high-scoring playoff games, right? So to whatever extent this game can be officiated to help with the offenses, I imagine it will. So let's get us a shootout in Sea Dragons versus Defenders. And if it hits, I can retire from XFL betting with a perfect record. It's a great bet because the Sea Dragons are the most pass-happy team in the league by far. I knew that. The the Defenders struggle. That's the one they struggle against the pass. So I knew that. Yeah. I like it. Uh, and I'm going to, my bet is the Sea Dragons as well to win the championship. At ah. plus, I got them at plus 500 the other day. They, To be fair, they went down to plus 350. Do whatever you want. I don't care. But uh, I, well, I, we'll it, pretend you locked this in. But in the, really fu- in the future, shoot me a message locking I, it in. But I'll, I, I'll let it slide I, this I, time. I locked this in in real life, if that helps at all. So <laughs> I, I actually bet this. Okay. To win the whole thing at plus 500 for, let's put $100 on it. The rationale, this is just a great bet on the odds. Because the Sea Dragons and the Defenders both are objectively better teams than uh, Arlington and Houston, who are playing in the other side's uh, uh, championship, you know, mm-hmm. head-to-head game. So I think whoever wins this game w- will win the championship. And uh, I, the Sea Dragons, they're three-point underdogs here. So I don't know. I, I, I think... At, at that price, it's great. Even at plus 350, I think it's great. So, uh, but yeah, Sea Dragons to win the XFL championship. There it is. Five, plus 500 for 100 bucks. Okay. And uh, an opinion clearly developed by having paid some attention to the XFL. Let's see if, that, bit, uh, if that helps you out or if that backfires. <laughs> and that'll do it for this episode of Gamble On. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. And thanks again to this week's guest, Connor Allen. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Raskin and Jeff at Jeff Edelstein and follow US Bets at US underscore bets. Go to usbets.com for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling and subscribe to this podcast on Meg. Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else. And with that, Jeff, please take us out. You know, I should have placed it. Maybe I'll place this bet next week. I, I'll, I'll look into it a little bit deeper. I, I'm going to take the under on the Jets' future wins for this coming year. Oh, Aaron Rodgers coming to town. Everyone, Jets fans are very excited about Aaron Rodgers. I can tell you that much. Listen, A, he's old. Let's not forget. Uh-huh. B, he didn't look that great last year. C, he pretty much said he almost retired. D, and this is the big one, all it's going to take is one bad-looking back page at the New York Post, and Aaron Rodgers' head is going to explode. He (laughs) spent a career in what may as well be NFL Siberia, right? I mean, talk about, like, the friendly confines of Lambeau Field and, like, 
small town press and, you know, all of it. Right now he's going into like the most dangerous media environment in America Mm. who love the media loves nothing more than eating its own here in New York. And Rogers is, you know, goofball extraordinaire with some interesting, to say the least, opinions. (laughs) All Rogers has to do is say one wrong thing or heaven forbid, not look right on the field. And I'll be surprised almost if he makes the whole year in uniform. Listen, you want to bet the Jets, Jets fans, go ahead. All I know is all the sportsbooks in New Jersey have but one thing to say to you, and that is please, 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 when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and Jets overs, gamble on. Gamble on.